0: We're also brought to buy the SGPN merch store. Head on over to store.sportsgamblingpodcast.com and use promo code MADNESS for 10% off orders of $40 or more. Hi, yo, DeGenerinos, and welcome to the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Camp. Sports Gambling Podcast Network, episode 307. Let's dedicate this one to the man missing in action, Jeff Chalks Fox. Not with us. He's on the mighty seas right now, and he will be gone for the foreseeable future. So in the meantime, I'm bringing in a co-host. And of course, let, let's mention who I am. I'm Daniel Gumby uh, running this ship. Not the ship that's on the water, but this ship right now Uh In his stead. So let's talk about who I have brought in in replacement to fill in that spot that Jeff that void that Jeff has left us Uh, joining me this week to break down the UFC Las Vegas prelims, which let me just get this off my chest right away. I hate that this is not UFC Vegas 71. Somehow this has become UFC Las Vegas. Uh, The hashtags are absolutely killing me. But UFC Las Vegas prelims, we of course are going to break down the prelims on this show. Follow that up with the main card next show. But joining me to break down the prelims today, uh, you might know him if you were a diehard fan of this show. He filled in the last time Jeff went MIA. Uh, He's also joined me on a number of my other podcasts, had his own podcast of his own. He's a jujitsu black belt, a former pro fighter. I, of course, am talking about Kurt Chase Patrick. Kurt, thanks so much for filling in, man.
1: Hey, man. Always a pleasure. It's always good to talk with you and uh, talk fights.
0: Absolutely. And this is not a bad fight card either. Uh, I know, you know, the the UFC Vegas and the Apex shows kind of get some heat. This one, uh, first of all, not in the Apex. It's in uh, the joint at the Hard Rock Casino, although it's now called something slightly different. It's now called uh, the Theater at the Virgin Hotels, which... uh, it doesn't do the uh, WEC fan in me any good because I liked the joint at the Hard Rock Hotel uh, for sure. WEC purposes. Um, but, yeah, what is sort of your uh, your initial instincts on this card when you were looking top to bottom at it?
1: Um, it's it's a little bit top heavy. Honestly, the uh, obviously the main event is unreal. It's going to be so good. I love the co-main event and then sprinkle through um, a lot of heavyweights on the or a heavyweight <laughs> fights. You know, it could be some sloppy specials. There's also some, uh, some vets. Obviously, Rafael Sunso was on this card. Um, really interesting, uh, women's flyweight fight, which we're gonna talk about. I, it's, it's not bad. I mean, again, it's not UFC 285, which we just saw, but um, it should produce a fun night of fights. I hope.
0: Yeah, I agree with you on that. And I will say this: when I had to do the background information, which uh, I'm again, I'm taking over for Jeff doing the background information this week. It's old. This, this fight card is old. That's what I would say. Because even some of the fighters who haven't been in the UFC all that long, I was like, oh, damn. Victor Henry's 35, huh? And uh, Guido Canetti's 43. And Tyson Nam is 39. Like, I was just blown away by, like, kind of how old this card is, um, which is, of course, a weird phenomenon. But, of course, you guys didn't come here to listen to us uh, jabber on and on about, you know, Uh, how old these fighters are, how much we like this fight card. Instead, you came here for picks. So, of course, you want us to get right into it. And let's start by doing that. Uh, The first prelim of the night is Tyson Nam versus Bruno Silva. Tyson, uh, the Nanimal Nam, 39 years old, 5'7", with a 68-inch reach. That's going to be a 3-inch height advantage and a 2-inch reach advantage over Silva. He's 3-3 in the UFC. He has won three out of his last four fights. He was 0-2 in World Series of Fighting, and his career record is 21-12-1. He is betting off at a plus 165 underdog spot here, so an underdog for the veteran, He's going to be fighting Bruno Silva, who, as I said before, is going to be at a 3-inch reach or a 3-inch height disadvantage, 2-inch reach disadvantage. He's only 32 years old, so he's 7 years younger than Nam. 2-2 and in the UFC with one no contest, but he's 2-0 in his last two with knockouts in both of those fights. He was 0-0-1 in LFA with just a draw, uh, and he is 2-5-2 in his career, is the bulldog. Uh, He's betting off at negative 200, so uh, I am going to give... The uh, the first pick here, or at least the first breakdown to the guest, uh, let the guest do the honors here. Who do you like in this one, Kurt? Uh,
1: honestly, it's a pretty good, pretty solid matchup for, uh, you know, Tyson Nam's a little bit later in his career. Uh, Bruno Silva's got a lot of fights. I'm actually going with the underdog here in Tyson Nam. I like, uh, I've always been a pretty big Tyson Nam fan. I mean, the guy's been fighting for a long, long time. Uh, it was in the early uh, World Series of Fighting Days. Um, I like Tyson Nam. He's he has won three of his last four. Knocked out Odie Osborne in his last fight. Um, I like him to pull out a decision again. I think it's going to be a pretty fun fight. Uh, Bruno Silva does have some skills, but uh, I'm going Tyson Nam here.
0: Yeah, I like that too. And, and you mentioned you know Tyson Nam back in the day, being in the early World Series of Fighting days. I, I think people also forget like he was on the regional scene. For a really long time, in in the Bellator, I don't know if you remember this. Bellator let Eduardo Dantas, Dudu Dantas, who was their champ at the time, just like go get a fight in shooto Brazil just to like stay that. active. <laughs> yeah, and Tyson Nam knocked him silly in like yep. 90 seconds or something like that. You know, completely ruined Bellator's world and you know the the champ that they had in place. And that's kind of the thing about Tyson Nam, right? He's always had this like crazy knockout power. He's been able to put people's lights out anytime he wants and you know, not for anything. Bruno Silva seems to have fallen in love with his hands. Like he's shooting less and less takedowns over his last couple of fights. Of course, he's gotten a couple of finishes and a couple of performance bonuses, but knocking out JP Bays and knocking out Victor Rodriguez is not the same as knocking out Tyson dam. And it's also way less dangerous than standing with Tyson dam. So I'm with you on this one. I, I think plus 165 is kind of a steal for Tyson Nam. Uh, I, I think the fact that he can stand with Souza and I or Silva, and I think Silva is going to stand in him is a mistake. So yeah, I'm gonna go dog right out the gate with you. And look at that, guys. We gave you guys an underdog right out the gate. You gotta love it. And you know what else you gotta love? You gotta love WinBet. WinBet. Is the official online sportsbook of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. WinBet has a, is active in a bunch of states, and there's tons of ways to win, including live betting and same-game parlays, a.k.a. WinBets, build your own bet. March Madness is only here, and there are plenty of ways to win. Getting down with the NBA, NHL, and XFL. Sign up today to receive a special offer. Bet $100, get $100, limited to state availability. And, of course, for our Gens, if you hit the biggest long-shot parlay of the week, You get a $1,000 free credit. There's so much to choose from, and all you have to do is head on over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet so they know that we sent you. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. Offer subject to change terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where play through winbet is available. If you or somebody you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. All right, let's keep it going now with another fight uh, that we sort of alluded to earlier in the episode, Victor Henry versus Tony Gravely. Uh, Victor Henry, 23 and eight on his career, 35 years old, 5 7, 68-inch reach. That's going to put him at two inches taller than Tony Gravely, but actually at a one-inch reach disadvantage. He's one and one in the UFC, coming off of his only loss the last time out. He was 2-0 and in Ryzen before that, and he's going to be betting off At a negative 140 favorite. Tony Gravely, meanwhile, 22 and 6 on the career. He's 31 years old. As I said before, he's going to have a slight reach advantage and a height disadvantage. He's a stockier guy. 4 and 3 in the UFC so far, 2 and 1 in his last three, but that last one was his loss. Before that, he was 1 and 0 in LFA, 1 and 0 on the contender series, which is how he got to the show. He's going to be betting off at plus 120. So, uh, you took the first one. I'll take the second one here. I'm actually going to go double dog out of the gate. I like Tony Gravely here. And for a couple of reasons, the big one being, you know, when I saw Victor Henry, the first time in the UFC, he blew me away. He looked really good against Rioni Barcelos. Uh, he, he got things going. He, he looked like he knew what he was doing. And then in that second fight with Rafael Asensio, he looked perplexed. Uh, the takedowns of Asensio, just kind of too much for him. He couldn't really get in range. You know, it seemed like maybe he caught Barcelos off guard with that short notice debut. And then when somebody had a chance to sort of see what he had, that output was just not enough from Victor Henry. And I'm worried that the wrestling is going to be too much from here because Tony Gravely is a guy who took Javid Basharat down a bunch of times. And if he can take Javid Basharat down, he sure as hell can take Victor Henry down. Henry also kind of likes to work off of his back more than I think is, you know, good for himself. So uh, give me dog money out of the gate, two in a row. I'll take Tony Gravely. How about you, Kurt?
1: I'm actually going Gravely as well. And uh, I, I, Gravely, I'm sure was probably on your radar a little bit prior to the UFC. He came up, uh, well, not came up. Uh, he's a vet. He has a lot of uh, tough fighters on his record. But he, you know, he had that run through CES prior to um, you know getting on the contender series and getting into the UFC. He's got big power in his hands. And yeah, like you said, he he has some sneaky good wrestling. I think uh, I like Gravely as well to get a late. Stoppage, maybe like a, a late second, early third stoppage with the uh, hands after scoring some takedowns, stuffing some shots, and uh, yeah, I I'm with you, man. I didn't realize uh, Victor Henry was so not old, but uh, longer in the tooth than I expected.
0: Uh, MMA old it doesn't necessarily have to be old because like you know he's barely older than me right but like he's he's MMA old which is he's fought a lot in being 35 uh not all the best in the world for him so yeah uh Victor Henry uh gonna fade him here and we're gonna take back to back dogs uh with Tony Gravely and Tyson Nam now Let's get to another one where I have a feeling you might enjoy the dog in this one, too. I just got the sneakiest feeling about it. And that's Ariane Lipsky versus J.J. Aldrich. We'll take Aldrich first. 11 in five in her career. She's 30 years old, which is one year older than Lipsky. She's five foot five with a 67 and a half inch reach, which means she's going to be one inch shorter than Lipsky with a half an inch extra of reach. She's seven in four in her UFC career. She's three and one in her last four, coming off of a loss. Before that, she was also three and one in Invicta, which is a pretty damn good run itself. Uh, she's got a lot of high-level experience in there. Lipsky, uh, she is the queen of violence, as she is known. Twenty-nine years old, one year younger than Aldrich. As I said, she's going to have a slight height advantage, but a reach disadvantage. She is 3-5 and five in her UFC and 1-3 in, in her last fights, which is uh, kind of surprising, including coming off of a loss. Before that, she was highly touted coming to the UFC, 5-0 in KSW. She was her, their flyweight champion as well. Lipski here is going to be a massive plus 305 underdog. JJ Aldrich, the negative 400 favorite. Uh, I'm gonna kick it back to you for this one. Do you like the dog here? A- am I am I wrong about your guess? <laughs> you are, actually. Uh
1: <laughs> Lipsky Lipsky had a lot of promise, but like uh, you know, if you look at her last couple of fights since that beautifully uh, violent looking knee bar she hit on uh who's it, Luana Carolina. Um it's it's been it's been a lot what she's uh lost three of her last four, was it? Um and JJ Aldridge, man, she's kind of until she ran into the buzzsaw that is Aaron Blanchfield, she's put together a really quietly nice run. She's faced some really tough fighters in her UFC career. She's been in the UFC since 2016. She's got that experience. She's pretty damn well rounded. She's had a good motor. Um, doesn't have a lot of finishes, and I don't think she gets a finish here, but I'm, I'm going to go with uh, JJ Aldridge here to get the uh, grind out the decision.
0: Well, I'm glad we're on the same page again, because for some reason I had you pegged and maybe it's that we've podcasted before about Lipsky, and maybe now your love for Lipsky is just kind of run out yeah, um, a little bit. Yeah, it's run out for me, too. Like, it's not that I don't like her, right? Like, it's not that I don't think she's fun to watch. And if you go back to those KSW fights, I, I'm just jacked up to see her in the UFC. But the bottom line is, is she's just not what we thought she was anymore. And, you know, to your point, Aldrich looked really, really good In that fight with Aaron Blanchfield. And you know, we at the Sports Gambling Podcast, especially in the Discord, which, by the way, if you listeners are not in the Discord, make sure to get in the Discord at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Discord. We're big Aaron Blanchfield people. We love Aaron Blanchfield. She is uh, like a patron saint of the podcast. And that is the worst Aaron Blanchfield has looked as against J.J. Aldrich, And that includes against Jessica Andrade. So, you know, obviously that says a lot about Aldrich. She looked good with the hands. I think here she just overwhelms Lipsky. I'm with you on this one. I don't know that she gets a finish, but I do think she wins this one pretty comfortably. Um, and speaking of winning this one pretty comfortably, we're gonna move on to one with some pretty comfortable odds, and that's Mario Batista versus Guido Canetti. So, uh, Guido Canetti, the ninja, 43 years old. He's Five foot six and he's got a 68-inch reach. He's going to be at a three-inch height disadvantage and a one-inch reach disadvantage. He's four and five in the UFC with two wins in a row. It's kind of saved his job. Before that, he was 0-2 on the ultimate fighter. He is betting off, get this, at a massive plus 645 underdog. Uh, crazy numbers here. We're looking at, you know, bordering on Bo Nickel opponent numbers right here. And Mario Batista. The uh, betting favorite here is only 29 years old. That's 14 years younger than Guido Canetti. As I mentioned, he's going to have a height and a reach advantage. He's 5-2 in the UFC with a three-fight winning streak. Before that, he was 2-0 in in LFA. And, of course, he's 11-2 overall. Batista is betting off at negative 1055. And if you've got your gun to my head, which is one of my favorite ways to have to make picks, like, of course I'm picking Mario Batista here. Am I squeezing him in any parlays at that number? Is it even worth it to probably not? But at the end of the day here, like Guido Canetti a power puncher. Mario Batista is a crafty dude when it comes to defensive striking. You know, like he stayed away from some of the big power hands of so many good defensive strikers. You know, like he, he stayed away from the hands of, of Corey Sanhagen for a little bit, which is, you know, damn impressive. And in addition to having pop in his own hands, he's got great wrestling. He showed last time out. He's got amazing submission skills. I, I think he probably just does the easy thing here and, and takes Kennedy down and submits him in no time at all. But whatever way he wants to win this one, there's a reason he's a 10.55 favorite. I'm going Batista. How about you?
1: Yeah, I mean, there's really no uh, <laughs> other way to go. And again, it's a nice little uh, late career couple wins for Kennedy, extended his UFC career a little bit. But yeah, 43 years old. Batista's looked really good. I mean, look, he's only two losses there to Trevor Jones and Corey Sanhagen. Obviously, Corey Sanhagen's a monster. And
0: um, the Trevor Jones one, to be fair, was he, he kind of got caught, right? Like, yeah. He, it didn't look like... I don't think about that fight and think to myself, "Yeah, hey, Trevin Jones is a way better fight than Mario Batista. I think Trevor Jones just happened to catch him with a big bomb, which, by the way, Trevin Jones' last fight, he decided to throw none of those bombs. So, Agreed. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think I think...
1: Batista probably gets it done however he wants. I think he'll probably play around with, on the feet a little bit. And then uh, once he gets Kennedy to ground, I think he makes his way to the back and subs him probably uh first round.
0: Yeah. I like that too. And speaking of other things that I like, I like underdog fantasy because they keep the lights on here at the SGPN studio. We are brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog is your home for off-season NFL best bet drafts, but they also got you covered for a ton of other daily games, including NBA, NHL, and PGA. Underdog Fantasy is a great way to get down with your favorite player props if they are not available in your state. Head on over to underdogfantasy.com and use promo code SGP for a 100% deposit bonus of up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGP. All right, so we're rolling along pretty good right now. Let us talk now about Cedricus Dumas versus Josh Fremd. So Josh Fremd is known as the big yins, nine and four in his career, 29 years old. That's two years older than Dumas. He's six foot four, which is actually going to be two inches taller than Cedricus Dumas. But get this, 76 and a half inch reach, which is two and a half inches less than Dumas, which is pretty surprising. He's 0-2 in his UFC career before that. 4-1 in LFA, 1-0 in Bellator, so he's got some high-level experience before getting to the UFC. He's betting off as a plus-160 underdog. Cedricus Dumas, the Reaper, 7-0, perfect record in his career. He's 27 years old, just a couple years younger than Fremd. He's got that reach advantage that I just spoke of. He is making his UFC debut coming... Our way through the contender series, where he picked up a quick first round submission in his only appearance. Then he'll be betting off at negative 195, so almost a two to one underdog. Here is Fremd. Who you got? This is a tough one. So, I mean, there's not a lot of
1: footage on Dumas, right? Because if you go down his record, even the contender series, he won by knockout or uh, I'm sorry, by guillotine in 47 seconds. He's won. Uh, by knockout in 59 seconds uh, a minute 30 and then if you look at friend solid record but anytime he steps up you know he's 0 two in the ufc fluffy hernandez very good trey gore solid he also fought uh gregory rodriguez you know he stepped up he's lost but is dumas on that level i i don't think so but also it's hard to tell um I'm going to go Dumas here. I think I think he's explosive enough to overwhelm and get Fremd out of there, but I'm glad that the odds kind of reflect how close to this fight I think is. I mean, the odds are relatively close, and I think this is a really tough one to call. I'm going Dumas by, by finish.
0: Yeah, it, I, I'm going to go with you on this one, too. I, I'm going to take Rodriguez-Dumas, uh, and, and that makes us five for five in agreement here. And I'll say this, you know, I, I think a lot of, what I was looking at in this is, like, can Fremd wrestle and stay away from the submission, right? Because that's part of the problem, right? Fremd has tried to wrestle before. He's gotten himself in some bad situations. I mean, Treshawn Gore picked him up by his neck and, like, basically put him up against the cage. You know, we saw Anthony Hernandez kind of own that grappling realm a little bit when Fremd tried to wrestle him. But I think the bigger problem for him is that Josh Fremd is not used to fighting somebody who can hit him from his distance when he's boxing. You know, the guy is six foot four at middleweight here. And you know, that that's almost unheard of in the first place, right? Like you don't see a lot of dudes who are that tall, that long, that lanky. And he's going to be at a two and a half inch reach disadvantage against the guy who strikes faster and better than he does. So, you know, while, while I like Josh Fremd, and, you know, I had high hopes for him coming into the UFC. I, I actually picked him in at least one of those other two fights I, I just don't think he's going to get past the arms of Rodriguez Dumas. I think he's going to eat too many shots. And I think one of those, unfortunately, is probably going to be a pretty damn big shot. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to go Cedricus Dumas, too. We're five for five in agreement here. And that brings us to a couple of older Bantamweights here. And that's Rafael Sunsou versus Davey Grant. Rafael Assunzow, the been there, done that Bantamweight, 27 and nine. He is 40 years old. He's five foot five with a sixty-six and a half inch reach. That's going to put him at a three inch height disadvantage, as well as a two and a half reach disadvantage. He's twelve and six in the UFC, but he's one in four in his last five. And the last one was a win. So that is saying he was previously zero and four, fighting for his job against the aforementioned Victor Henry, saves it with a win. Before that, he was three and two in WEC. WEC never die. Shout out to WEC. He's going to be betting off at a slight underdog against Davy Grant, plus 120. Dangerous. Davy Grant's 12 and six in his career, but he is 37 years old. Kind of surprising. Didn't realize he was as old as he was. He himself uh, has been in the UFC for a little bit, although, granted, not as active as Rafael Anjos. He's 5 and 5 in his time in the UFC, 1 and 2 in his last three. Of course, he is coming off of a win in that last fight. Um, and I believe it's my turn to pick first on this one. It is. I, I'm going to go with the favorite here in Davy Grant. I, I will tell you, I'm a little bit nervous because the Asuncao that came out last fight looked a lot better, right? Like the Rafael Asuncao who came out, broke a four-fight losing streak, and just kind of took it to Victor Henry looked a lot better. But we're talking about a guy who previously had been beat by Marlon Marias, who went on an all-time losing streak after that. Had been beat by Cody Garbrand, who went on an all-time losing streak, you know, in the midst of that. And we're talking about David Grant, a guy who, dude, I don't know if this dude gets the credit for the close fights that he's had. Because that fight with Marlon Chito Vera, he, he goes three rounds with Chito. And he goes three hard rounds with Chito, right? And and does a pretty damn good job. I, I mean, I don't think there's arguing that he won that fight. But there's an argument that he turned around and then possibly beat Adrian Yanez in the fight after that. Because he fought Adrian Yanez only five months after he fought Cheeto. It went to split decision. One of the judges had it for Davy Grant. I don't know that I did, but I know that it was close enough for me to think when the judges scorecards were coming, this could be interesting. I think both his hands, like the, the way that he throws his hands and the way that he gets in and out of range. Also, just like the pure power, like all three of his last three wins are by finish, including knocking out Jonathan Martinez. We're going to talk about being on the main card in a little bit. So like, this is a guy with incredible power in his hands. Asensio's chin has been checked as of late, right? Like he got knocked out by Ricky Simon. He got knocked out by Cody Garbrand. Like both of his last two losses are by knockout. So I think there's some questions on his chin there. So I'm going to go with Davey Grant as the slight favorite here, but I will say, you know, recent Sao scares me a little bit. How about you? I'm gonna roll
1: with the and, and I agree. I echo a lot of things you said about David Grant. Like he's sneaky, like he's good, man. He's tough on the feet. He he's super durable. I mean, yeah, dude. I mean, he. I mean, the guy. Like if you remember that Chita Vera fight, I mean, Chita Vera had him looking like a like a Freddy Krueger movie, and the guy was still coming forward and throwing bombs. And yeah, I mean, he almost beat Yanez. But Rafael Sunsaw is one of those guys. Like I don't know if Davey Grant has the power to to separate. Asuncao from his senses a is one of those like like those gritty old like Brazilian veterans that is just always like down to scrap um he he's in close fights he knows how to win close fights I think he turns back the clock again and ekes out a quick I mean a uh, very close decision over davy grant who again is super tough uh, yeah i'm gonna I'm gonna roll a here with the underdog pick
0: I, I like that. Now, I will ask you, because I, I got to know, thinking about this, and th- this is something that's just kind of crossed my mind, maybe even while you were talking, do you think there's any chance that Rafael Asensow tries to turn this into a grappling match? Because uh, on one hand, I know I that do. Davey, yeah, I know that Davey Grant's got the hands, right? Like, he, he's got crazy power in his hands, but on the other token, he's got good submission skills, too. Like, I, I feel like when he was on The Ultimate Fighter, before he came to the UFC, he, he was like sneaky with his subs. And I actually had thought of him as a like a submission specialist. Now that he's in the UFC, that's obviously not true. But Assange, low-key is like, you know, he's taking down Corey Sandhagen a little bit. He took down Rob Font back in the day a little bit. Like, do you think it winds up there? I
1: do, and you know it might not even be like where he gets him down, but I think a lot of it could be just that ugly cage wrestling where he has him against the cage. Maybe he sits him down to his butt, and then Grant has to work up to his feet, and now he's starting to get tired. I think, yeah, I think it's just going to be like one of those gritty, grimy wins where Sunsoo just kind of like wills his way through. I think there will be a, a grappling-heavy game plan here as well, especially if he if he does taste David Grant's power and gets wobbled a little bit.
0: Yeah, I, I'm with you on that one. I, I think if he tastes it, if he if he feels what it's like to get hit by Davey Grant and says, oh, shit, like give me a second, I think we're going to see shots. Now, whether or not that's enough and whether or not he gets a chance to, to score some of those takedowns, especially if he eats that power, who knows? But I, I think it's definitely there. Uh, but that's a super interesting one. Another super interesting one, which is one of our last two. Because actually, we actually have two fights left. Originally, I thought we were going to get seven fights. We have one that got announced probably 10 minutes before we started recording this podcast. Uh, you got to love the UFC Vegas shows. They always find a way to keep it interesting. But before we get to that brand new one, we got to talk about a couple of brand new fighters to the UFC. Uh, and that's Carl Williams, Lucas Bresky throwing down in a heavyweight fight. That's right. Heavyweight fight, despite the fact that Carl Williams has spent most of his career at light heavyweight. Let's start with the underdog Lucas Brisky first. The bull. He's eight two and one in his pro career. Thirty years old, which is three years younger than Carl Williams. Six foot four, so he's slightly taller than Williams, but he is going to be at a half inch reach disadvantage. Uh, I misspoke earlier. I said that a couple of guys who are brand new. He's actually zero one in the UFC. He lost to Martin Boudet in his debut. Uh, before that, he was just had a no contest on the Contender Series, which was actually a win. It got overturned. Uh, we won't get too much into that, but uh, Brisky. On that note, is a plus 185 underdog to Carl Williams, the guy making his debut, 33 years old. He is one inch shorter than Breski at 6'3". Of course, I mentioned already, he is making his UFC debut. He was 1-0 on the contender series where he beat Jimmy Lawson, which was a kind of a shocking win in that fight. Uh, he actually brought, the, yeah, he brought all the wrestling to a Penn State wrestling specialist. Uh, you know, blew me away. Uh, but he's 7-1 in his career, and he's going to be betting off at negative 230 today. Uh, once again, going back to heavyweight, which is where he fought Jimmy Lawson, but where he has fought only one of his previous uh, handful of fights. Uh, who you got in this one, Kirk?
1: Well, if you look at them, they're both right, like, well, according to the last weigh-ins, they're both right around, like, 230. Like you said, man, beating Jimmy Lawson, especially using wrestling, is a big uh, that's a big upset, man. I mean, Jimmy Lawson was a Penn State wrestler who I want to say might have All American, if not. I mean, he was a solid starter for Penn State.
0: Um, which is which is already, if you're not wrestling fans out there, guys, like being a regular starter for Penn State, especially at some of those bigger weights, is no joke, right? Like the fact that he even was starting there is like a good base for MMA in the first place. Agreed.
1: Uh, yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Carl Williams here, and I think that you know, I mean, if you went out there and wrestled. Jimmy Lawson, I mean, why not keep it going here? I think he can uh, probably get Bresky down to his back. And uh, I don't know if he finishes him, but I think he can put on some solid pressure, ground and pound. And uh, I think he gets a win here.
0: Yeah, I'm going to agree with you here. I'm also going to take uh, Carl Williams. I mentioned in the aforementioned Discord, sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Discord. I had mentioned earlier on in the sh- uh, the week that I had a piece that I thought was particularly good for parlays. I think this is it. I think if you need one more piece for a parlay out there, Carl Williams is your guy. Negative 230 might not sound too juicy on its own, but when you're squeezing him in with a couple other big favorites or something to get that number close to even, I think Carl Williams is your guy because you're right. He wrestled heavyweight Jimmy Lawson. Jimmy Lawson wrestled at 285. I think it was in college. And like you said, Williams is only a 230 guy, 235, 237 kind of guy. And he outwrestled him on the Contender Series. I think he can do the same to Briski here. I also think he's so much faster on the feet. I think the difference in speed between Carl Williams and Lucas Breski is going to be so clearly apparent that it's going to be really hard for Briski to get anything going in this fight. Give me Carl Williams all day and twice on Sunday in this one. Uh, and that's going to bring us to our last fight, which is the one hastily put together 10 minutes before recording began. And that is... A welterweight fight, although they haven't necessarily announced the weight. I wouldn't be surprised if this is catchway on his short of notice it is. Carlton Harris was originally supposed to fight Abu Bakar Uh, and he is no longer fighting Abu Bakar, who dropped out earlier in the week. Instead, he is on short notice going to fight Jared Gooden. That's right, Jared Gooden making his return to the UFC after four or five fights outside of the organization. Let's start with him first. The night train. Jared Gooden is 22 and eight in his career. He's 29 years old, which is actually six years younger than Carlton Harris. Carlton Harris. There you go. Another guy who's sneaky old at 35. Uh, Gooden, six foot tall, 77 inch reach. They will be the same height, but Gooden will have a slight one inch reach advantage. He was one in three in the UFC before being cut loose. He was one in oh in LFA even before that. Uh, So he's got some high level experience around there. He fought for XMMA after being released. So some more stuff there. Uh, Carlton Harris, the guy who was originally supposed to be in this fight. Mokambike is the nickname. 17 and 5 in his pro career. One inch reach disadvantage at 35 years old. He's 2 and 1 in the UFC. He is coming off of his lone loss in the UFC, which was to Shavkat Rachmanov. You know, no shame in losing to Shavkat Rachmanov as your only loss. He was 2 and 1 in Brave before that. We don't have lines yet, but I'm guessing when we do, we have Carlton Harris here at like negative 850, maybe even higher than Mario Batista. Um, I believe I'm I'm taking the pick first here. It's obviously Carlton Harris. I, I think Carlton Harris is just going to steamroll Jared Gooden. The biggest problem with Jared Gooden, he kind of gets hit too much. He's a knockout or in the first you know couple minutes or extremely tired shortly thereafter kind of guy. And Harris, look, it is way better than that. He's faster. He's got insane knockout power. Wouldn't be surprised if he knocked Gooden out here, but uh yeah, no, Harris is the pick. Uh any reason to get in on the underdog or the the assumed underdog here in Gooden?
1: Absolutely not. Especially if this fight's <laughs> super late. I mean, if, if they were on full training camps, I think Carlson Harris finishes uh Gooden. And yeah, I mean I can't see any reason he doesn't Carlson Harris. Um is a finisher, right? And again, his only loss in the UFC is to Shavka. And Hey man, that guy is pretty damn good. Uh, <laughs> I would imagine he comes out and blows through Harris or uh, good and relatively quickly. Just like you said.
0: Yeah. And worth noting too, for, for those of you who are wondering about the the stats behind his finishes, uh, after, other than the loss to Shabkat Rachmanov, he is coming off of five straight finish victories, which includes Inkpa Kasangane, Christian Aguilera. Uh, it also includes a couple of fights on the Shudo uh, regional scene. So, like, he's a guy who's out there finishing people, and a couple after, of subs too, not
1: just knockouts. The yeah, you got, do, you got a finisher.
0: You got a Darius choke and an Andakana choke in there. The guy mixes in matches. I like. I always like seeing that. And you know, not for anything, MMA math never works out, but. He's got a knockout win over Ipika who just so happens to have knocked out Jared Gooden since he's left the UFC. So, like, you know, come on. Even if you want to play a little MMA math here, I don't think it hurts. Uh, But so let's give a quick recap here just for those of you who were not following along as closely as you could have been. Both of us are going with Carlton Harris. Uh, Both of us like Carl Williams as the favorite there. The lone fight that we're split on the prelims. I'm taking Davey Grant. Kurt is taking Rafael Assuncao. We're both in on Cedricus Dumas. We're both in on Mario Batista. We are both in on JJ Aldrich. We're both in on underdogs, Tony Gravely and Tyson Nam. So that is your eight fight prelim card for UFC Las Vegas. Once again, actually, I'm not even sure I gave you the start time for this. This is what happens when when I have to take the reins over from Chalks Fox. Uh, The start time for this one, 3 p.m. We love an early start time and it's going to take place at the joint at the Hard Rock uh, which I'm going to continue to call it, whether they call it that or not. So we're going to put this one to bed. Uh, once again, you can hang out with us during fight time in our Discord at sportsgamblingpodcast.com/discord. Be sure to follow us on Twitter. I'm at Gumby Vreeland. You can of course follow the show at SGPNMMA, and you can follow Kurt if you are not already following him at KCPKO on Twitter. Of course, throw Jeff. Fox, our follow to while he's on vacation, he'd be nice for him to come back from vacation and see five or six more followers. That's at Jeff Fox writer while you're there. Also, make sure you get in on our prop contest that will be showing up on our Twitter account and in the discord. So make sure you're following us or hanging out in there. You'll be able to see the ways to get in on that. And it's getting down to the nitty gritty. There are only a couple of events left to catch the leaders. So make sure you get in on that. So that's gonna do it for our UFC Las Vegas prelim preview. Be sure to check us out tomorrow, which is when the main card episode will drop. Until then, I'm Daniel Gumby Freeland, he's Kurt Patrick, and we will see you then.